Good evening, everyone. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin, and I'm here with Siobhan Cronin hosting a special live broadcast on 760 WJR. We're going to be talking about the prevention of disease and the urgency of taking action before the onset of serious medical problems. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, is joining us here in Miami, Florida, to talk about how to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether and what you need to do to prevent Alzheimer's and many other chronic diseases. If you have a question, we're opening up the lines and taking your calls. So make a note of this number, 800-859-0957. We'll be repeating it throughout the show, and this is your opportunity to talk directly to the doctor. Stay tuned. You're listening to 760 WJR. Again, I'd like to welcome all of you to a special medical show here on 760 WJR. We are broadcasting live from our studios in Miami, Florida. I'm Anne-Marie Cronin together with Siobhan Cronin. And we're here tonight to talk to you about prevention and that you have to start looking at healthcare from a different perspective. Dr. Brian Collender, MD, is joining us from Birmingham, Michigan, to give us some hard talk about dealing with our health and making sure we get the necessary testing. We're inviting you to call in if you have a question at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. Welcome listeners. Siobhan, we're glad to be down here in your studio recording from sunny Miami, Florida. Dr. Collender came down to join us. As we heard the ads about the, uh, or the weather I know report, the, weather, the winter storm warning. The winter so. storm warming in Detroit. We send our condolences to all of you, but we are, we're always talking about very serious topics. And Dr. Collender has come down here to join us and we're broadcasting live from Miami, Florida. Uh, Dr. Callender, welcome. It's always a privilege to have you here telling us the news of what we need to know about how to stay healthy, how to avoid heart attack and stroke. And we want to talk about two very important topics. Obviously, Lisa Marie Presley, the last person you would think that would drop dead from cardiac arrest, but we keep seeing the numbers going up, up, up from the rich, for the poor, from the middle class. Got to be stopped. That's where your whole medical practice is about is prevention and also to let people know that you are going to be starting and joining us in another show with Siobhan down here in West Palm Beach leading medicine. You'll want to tune in to News Talk 850 WFTL and the show will be starting sometime in mid-February. We'll keep you posted. Dr. Collender, let's talk about the news. Let's talk about, here we have another celebrity, a person who can afford everything that she could ever want to buy, drops dead of cardiac arrest at 54, Lisa Marie Presley. You know, I think this underscores a lot of problems with healthcare and assumptions from the public. Namely, the idea is that the wealthy and privileged have access to something that none of you do. And the reality is, no matter where these people are going, whether it's Cleveland Clinic, Mayo Clinic, Cedar sinai in Los Angeles, all of these hospitals are following a healthcare system that doesn't work. And you might go to the greatest, and I'm saying you know, heavy air quotes, greatest cardiologist in the country, they're still locked up within a system that does not recognize opportunities for, for prevention. And even somebody with the wealth you know, and prestige of a Presley 
is at risk for sudden death. And I think it's important to just let our listeners know that this is not a path that's predestined. You know, pre, there's no predestination here. You're not fated to have this type of event. Um, I mean, there should be a national calling right now about how does this happen? And, and I think also, can, no, not to interrupt on. you, but I think also the fact that women are, you know, susceptible too, because a lot of times we think of that age group and we assume that men are the prime, and, and maybe that's the case, you know, men are the primary, you know, people dying of heart attack or, or stroke. But I mean, I think, you know, that's something to discuss that here's a woman in her fifties that dealt with the same thing. It absolutely is. And we've talked on the show how women don't normally get the widow maker, which Lisa Marie apparently did. Um, you know, women usually get small vessel disease and end up having more chronic illness like heart failure and dementia, whereas the men die from sudden death from a more, uh, just a more tragic event. You know, they have a bigger artery that goes and the women get the smaller vessels that don't kill you but cause chronic disease. So here you have somebody who in the limelight had, you know, a female widow maker. Uh, I mean, this should open up a lot of eyes about, you know, what's wrong with the system? How does this person, you know, die? And a lot of people might look at this and go, well, Elvis died at a young age from cardiac arrest, you know, drug abuse and that. Well, maybe there's some genetic factor. And if you're a longtime listener of the show, you're going to know that these genetic factors can be identified and accounted for. And that having a genetic factor does not mean that you're going to die from a heart attack and that there's nothing you can do about it. Quite the opposite. You can identify these markers and work around them and mitigate that risk. Dr. Collin, I have a question for you. Why is it one of the best kept secrets in America that you have the technology? We've had it for a long time. We've certainly had the CT scan that detects plaque in the arteries. We've had the CIMT has been out for many years. All of these diagnostic tests have been available to let everybody know, albeit they're not covered by insurance. They're still out there. They're available. And what? why is this the... Why is this the biggest kept secret in America when the numbers are staggering? 800,000 men died, dropped dead of the Widowmaker. Heart attack keeps going up. Death by cardiac arrest keeps going up. Why is this the biggest kept secret in America? Well, we only have a few more seconds left in the segment, but the reality is the healthcare team, you know, the, the, the hospitals, the insurance companies, pharmaceutical companies, they make more money when you're sick. And if a couple people die on the way, well, that's just a price that has to be paid that where they've lost a premium payer, they've lost a taxpayer, you know, someone loses a loved one. But the reality is all of the stakeholders in healthcare make a lot more money when you're sick and they do not make money when they stop you from being sick. The premiums go up. The usage of pharmaceuticals go up and so do operating room usages go up. That's why. Let's come back and talk about that on the other side of the break. Again, you're listening to our weekly live medical radio show where we keep you up to date on all medical solutions from dealing with COVID avoiding catastrophic disease. We're here tonight with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, talking about prevention. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to prevent or reverse disease, 
Don't hesitate to call 800-859-0957. Again, it's 800-859-0957. You are listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live weekly medical show on 760 WJR. We're back again with Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician in Birmingham, Michigan. As a recognized leader in the field of catastrophic disease prevention, including heart attack, stroke, diabetes, and many chronic conditions, he's here tonight to give us some hard talk and some hard advice on what we need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke altogether. With advanced and more sophisticated diagnostic technology, we're now able to arrest and reverse the progress of these silent killers. We're inviting you to call in with your questions at 800-859-0957. Don't miss this opportunity. Call 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, as obvious, we're very fortunate to have you. You've come down here to Miami to broadcast live from Miami. It's being broadcast in Detroit. And you're also starting another radio show with Leading Medicine in Palm Beach that's going to serve the you know middle of florida and this is only part of uh, part of your journey because you've realized that just broadcasting in north america is not enough because it's all of america that has this problem well this is a great opportunity again i'm on amory's talking about like it's my show but really this is her doing she's put together this whole organ you know a new concept called leading medicine where it's not just me but other doctors who come on you know i'm the prevention lead but there's a lot of other areas of healthcare that need education, attention, um, and this is an, uh, a medium for all that to happen. So I'm excited to be a part of it, and hopefully it'll spread across as we go. And we'll be going. We'll be definitely be doing other shows in other states because it's, it's needed in the West Coast. It's needed all over America. So it's like it, ha- it has to be a national thing. Siobhan, do you have a caller? Yeah, yeah we have a caller. Yeah. Go ahead. So we have Rod and Wyandotte on the line. Rod, what's your question? Oh, great. I'm really excited to talk to you. Hey, I have been in the um, health community for a long time. I'm a fitness trainer, been doing it. I'm uh, 67 years old. I work out constantly and, you know, I'm in, I'm in good shape. I, it wouldn't hurt for me to lose and cut maybe 10 pounds, maybe eight, 10 pounds. I got word from my doctor, my cholesterol is high. Everybody in my family, everybody on both sides have had, has had heart disease. I'm the only one at this point that hasn't had it. Uh, my cousin uh, got uh, high high cholesterol when she is when she was uh, diagnosed. She changed her diet, exercise, came back, and six months later, and her cholesterol went up. I don't want that to happen to me. I'm going to attack it. Do anything I need to do. My doctor is pushing, pushing, pushing for me to get on uh, heart, you know, on cholesterol medication. I'm determined not to do it. But I, in well, the process, Rod, I don't want to have a heart attack too, right? Yeah. So we got to get well, the cholesterol down. I mean, like, yeah. Like Rod, I'm going to jump in here. Rod, let me jump in here to get to the point. The point is none of that matters. All that really matters is that you identify whether or not you have plaque because people have heart attacks with high cholesterol, low cholesterol, medium cholesterol, it doesn't matter. So you need to identify whether or not you have plaque and you should ask your doctor to get a CT calcium score, which will look at calcium deposits inside the artery of your wall if there is plaque. And if there is plaque, you need to be on a statin and it has nothing to do with the level of your cholesterol. So I don't care about your cholesterol level. I don't care about your sister's cholesterol level. If you guys have plaque, you need to be on a statin. 
And that's the decision. This is where we need to change the idea that cholesterol medicines are for lowering cholesterol. Statins are for lowering artery inflammation for healing arteries. That's it. Who cares about your cholesterol means nothing other than sometimes cholesterol numbers give us some insight into whether or not you have insulin resistance, which is another driver of artery disease and chronic illness. And that needs to be recognized uh, so that you can make the right interventions there. So I appreciate you calling. Thanks. And I want to get you straight. Don't worry about your cholesterol number. Go and get a CT calcium score. And if the score is, you know, 10 or higher, then take the statin. It has nothing to do with the cholesterol number. Well, so in other words, not to interrupt you, but it seems like there's a a huge misconception here that cholesterol is the determining factor of heart disease. And that's, you know, something we've talked about before that cholesterol gets measured because you may need to be matched with some pharmaceutical product, but people are just not getting the right metrics at all. And they're they're not realizing that that's the missing piece. This is what the American Heart Association decides is how to screen for heart diseases or, or prevent is, put your cholesterol number plus a few other variables into a formula. And depending on that formula, it'll give you a percent risk over 10 years. And if that number is say over 10%, you got to be put on a statin. And that's your 10% risk. That's your risk of having an event within 10 years. And I look at that and go, who cares? Because as Amory said, it didn't help Lisa Marie Presley. It doesn't help the 800,000 people that died in the last year or more. From having a heart attack because there's a lot of people who have normal cholesterols who drop dead from a heart attack. And so that is not a good way to screen people and to decide that's not a good prevention plan. The plan is find the disease you're treating, which is plaque. Cholesterol is one of two dozen other variables that we need to manage. And we have to look at it that way. It's not the end all be all. Now, Dr. Collender, you came out of 20 years being a, an internal medicine specialist, and then you decided to jump in the deep end and take on this humongous task of prevention, of, of, of starting a category all of your own about prevention. Let's prevent heart, heart disease. Let's prevent all of the other major diseases because the technology is there. What do we have to do? I mean, obviously, people have doctors, they have cardiologists, they're going to see specialists. I'm sure Lisa Marie Presley had all kinds of doctors that she could have gone to, and yet she dropped dead of cardiac arrest at 54. And we know what the numbers are from the CDC. What does the average listener need to know about what they need to ask from their doctors? They need to know about the tests that are available to screen for cardiac disease? Well, let's talk, let's get into what they got to do, but I also want to talk about assumptions. So let's, and I'm going to make some assumptions about Lisa Marie Presley. Number one, I'm going to assume she's eccentric, being a a famous person, and that she may have gone seeking alternative types of healthcare, you know, herbs, holistic things, intravenous. And so even the caller Rod, Hey, I exercise, I eat healthy, I got to lose eight pounds. You know, who wouldn't just need to lose eight pounds? But good for you. But all of these are assumptions that if I do these things, I'm okay. And they don't mean anything. So if you're, you know, people go and they get treatments from other, you know, from other doctors that are, you know, I want to say on the fringe. And I'm not saying I don't use some fringe therapies, but I still use data points that are, backed in, in the foundation of our plan, which is 
see the disease that you're treating. So just like we told Rod, get a CT calcium score you want to know if you have plaque. And then in our office, we do this test called the CIMT, carotid intima media thickness test. And it's a quick, easy, inexpensive ultrasound of the arteries in your neck. And we take data points that measure risk. And one of the data points that mean absolutely nothing is blockage. Everybody walks around and go, oh, I'm okay, I'm 30%, I'm fine. My doctor said I'm fine. Well, guess what? People die from 30% blockages. It has nothing to do with flow. Flow doesn't predict risk, and neither does plaque burden, which is the thickness of your artery wall, even though that isn't a good number, but the thickness of the intima media level uh, layer is the most important. So not the whole artery wall, but just this one layer is the best predictor of risk. And I hate to say it, you are not going to get it at Cleveland Clinic or, or Mayo or um, what's a place in LA? Well, basically anywhere in other words. Cedar Sinai well, or U of M. they're not or... covered by insurance. It just right. isn't. Preventive tests are not covered. Your insurance company does not care if you, they, you get healthy. They make money when you're sick because if all of you are sick, they can keep raising your premiums, raise your deductibles. That's all money in their pocket. And you know our job, and Amory said we've started this journey, and our goal is to find a way to make prevention, make people money so we can get it. Yeah, let's come back and talk more about what they need to know and what tests they need to know about to prevent a heart attack. Again, you're listening to a special live medical broadcast on the prevention and medical management of disease. If you have a specific question and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly about what you need to do to avoid heart attack and stroke, or you have a question on any of the subjects we're discussing tonight, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to our special live medical broadcast on 760 WJR. We are fortunate to have Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician and specialist in prevention, here tonight to give us some straight talk about two important topics, prevention and being proactive. Please tune in to our weekly shows Sunday afternoon at three and live Thursday at seven. We're inviting you to call in with your questions and talk to the doctor directly at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Dr. Collender, before we started the show, I said we've got to be talking about Lisa Marie Presley died at 57 years old. All the money in the world could have afforded all of the doctors in the world. We're sending the message out to as many people in America as we possibly can. What's missing from this equation? What is it about the average American public that they're not realizing that the tests are there for them? They're available. They're necessary to avoid heart attack. What's wrong with this picture? Well, I think this is about assumptions, you know, that you're talking about some, a person who has unlimited wealth, time, and access. So this isn't a question of someone not having those, the tools, but assuming that they're okay, and, and again, I'm not her doctor, of course, but I've got to assume that she went to doctors and she was on some kind of a plan. The problem is that plan did not involve diagnosing her with what killed her. 
and putting it on a plan. So I don't think it's a bad idea to try, you know, alternative therapies to manage your disease, but you got to follow the right data points. And if what you're doing isn't working, then change the plan into something a little more concrete, which is what we do. But let me just ask you this before. I know we've got callers banking up here. My, my question to you is, America has the diagnostic tests, very clean, very clear, very progressive, to actually show you visually where you have plaque in your arteries and to measure where, how much at risk you are. Why is the American public so out to sea? Why are their doctors not insisting they get these tests? Okay, they're not covered by insurance. I understand they're not covered by insurance, but if you know, like she, she could have known or didn't know about the fact that you can drop dead at the, you know, at the drop of a hat, why is, what's the average listener supposed to do? The average listener is listening to the show. So if you're an average listener listening to the show, now you know that it doesn't matter how much money you have or time, you need to go on your own and find out what your risk is and address it appropriately and that you cannot make any assumptions. The whole healthcare system is wired against you. And so we're educating you to go on your own or, you know, and, and find someone who's going to help you muddle through this because you cannot go to someone who takes insurance because insurance is not covering this, this process. Yeah. So let's jump in and take some callers while they're on the line. First, we have Lawrence from Lake Orion. Lawrence, what's your question? Hi, uh, thank you so much for taking my call. Let me just say real quick. I bought a car that I couldn't get serious XM. And so I, now I have done. We're losing you, Lawrence. Oh, yeah, Lawrence, we're losing you. At Let's come back oh, to the second. Oh, oh, there we go. We What's lost your you question, second, Lawrence? Lawrence. What's your question? So, so, so I uh, got two daughters in medical school. I started to have some shortness of breath. Uh, um, my daughter talked me into you know, uh, having this FF CRT or RCT done. And why don't your thoughts about that? It came back uh 25 to 50 percent um i'll use the term blockage except the the main artery was 50 to 70 percent so she had me see a cardiologist and i went last friday for a echocardiogram and i go tomorrow for a treadmill stress test is that going to show me now that i'm listening to you the plaque concerns that i have okay so you already know that you have plaque based on your ct with fractional reserve which is a little overkill, but still, does you got it. So the stress test is meaningless. The echocardiogram is meaningless. You know you have plaque. You need to get on a statin, number one. And then you need to go through a whole identification of all your drivers of disease to figure out what made you have plaque so you can fix those problems and reverse the plaque. And there's a lot of studies out there that suggest that medical management is better than a stent or as good as. So average medical management is as good as a stent. So why have the procedure? And I'm going to say optimal medical management is better than a procedure that's in my office. So the problem is you've got to find out how to get optimal medical management in a suboptimal medical environment. So you don't need to do any of those other things other than start treatment and figure out why you have plaque. And I'm a feeling, I mean, Feel free to call our office and see about getting in, but you're just not going to you're just not going to find that out in a traditional setting. Yeah, and that's eight six six Colander K O L E N D E R. But yeah, I mean, 
obviously someone like this has to kind of advocate for themselves, right? Well, I mean, he's, he's doing, his daughter's helping him and got, you know, that's great. And she went and found, did the test, suggested a test that would diagnose the disease. Now, the, now I would say don't do that test because it involves radiation and dye. And you could have found that same information with a CT calcium score. Dr. Collins, I'm gonna stop you here. Let's talk about that, these invasive tests. Why are patients being led to cardiologists who are leading them to these invasive tests when we have these simple tests that are ready and available that are way more accurate than going through these um, invasive tests? Siobhan knows the answer. Oh, she does? Why well, didn't surgery. know surgery. Because oh, all of these tests, there's so much, you know, great technology out there, but they're really there to try to find out how do we do more surgery. And so if you can do more surgery, the card, you know, everyone loves it. The cardiologist makes a ton of money. The hospital makes a ton of money. And, and really medical management is as good, if not better. You just don't need to know your blockage. Who cares about your, you know, fact, fractional reserve? You have plaque, period, you you know, go start treating it. Right. So we have another caller up next. We have Steve in Bloomfield Hills. Steve, what's your question? Yeah, how are you? Thank you for taking my call. Um, the last couple of years I've been doing my physical. I've been doing an echo. And a couple of years ago, my echo came back. My major artery was at 4.2 centimeter. And last year was at 4.5. And a couple of weeks ago, I went in and I got another echo. And the doctor told me it's at 4.7, and we can monitor it. And I'm really thinking about seeing, should I go see a cardiologist or just listen to my uh, doctor? Well, great question. So what you're talking about is having um, an enlarged aortic root. And so that what's for the listeners, this is a, a measurement of where your aorta comes out of your heart. And so... As the aortic root enlarges, and as it gets to five centimeters, and you're at 4.7, five centimeters is about the time you have to start thinking about having that ear valve replaced. And so um, it's okay to have your PCP follow that as long as they continue to follow it. So I would say every year you need to get your echo. And if it gets worse, you know, you should probably even every six months get a CAT scan of your heart one, you know, one six months and then the next six months get an echo because you want to catch it as soon as you can. Because if you miss the window of finding the optimal time for surgery, the pressure changes that occur from having that valve not working can cause heart failure. And, you know, if you get too far gone, then you miss it. So I want to, so stay with your PCP. Can I take a second? I'm telling a story. So I had a patient years ago who had just what you had, Steve. And I said, well, I'm gonna send the cardiologist and I, cause I'm gonna have the cardiologist follow it. Six to eight months later, I get a letter from the cardiologist saying, the cardiologist missed the window and didn't do anything. I called the patient and sent him to a heart surgeon and she had surgery. So just cause you're seeing a cardiologist doesn't mean they're gonna do their due diligence and follow you as closely as your doctor is. So you got to be an advocate for your care and make sure you're getting these checks every six months or 12 months at the latest, you'll be fine. Unbelievable to think that the patient has to actually take care of themselves. But in the meantime, we're taking a quick break. You're listening to a special live broadcast tonight where the topic is your health. 
and how to prevent disease. When we come back, if you have a specific question on the subject we're discussing tonight and you'd like to talk to the doctor directly, please call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that number is 800-859-0957. You're listening to 760 WJR. Welcome back to the final segment of our special live weekly broadcast here on WJR 760 on the importance of being proactive and informed of the resources available to prevent and treat chronic and debilitating disease. You're listening to the expert advice of Dr. Brian Collender, MD, internal medicine physician, and one of the very few specialists in prevention in this country. If you have a question for the doctor, now is your chance to call us at 800-859-0957. Again, that's 800-859-0957. Siobhan, I'm passing it to you and your callers. Yeah, we have David on the line from Windsor. David, thanks for listening as always. What's your question? Yes, my question for the doctor, and it may not be all related to tonight's discussion, but many times I find many times that many of your doctors are not spending enough time with their patients to just, you know, to try to discover what would be wrong with them in terms of their heart, their circulation, and what have you. What would you recommend for those types of people that have that? Is the, what would you suggest about that other than the, the, the system the way it is with the government and everything else? Well, thanks for a- calling, David. I, I would, I mean, I, we, what we talk about is getting a concierge doctor, uh, which is, you know, this, you know, you got to pay out of pocket to have better access. Um, and every concierge doctor isn't focused on prevention. But if you're talking about time, um, then that's what a, having a concierge practice uh, does is, you know, you're in a practice with fewer people. And it gives you the time, access and availability to see a doctor whenever you need to and contact them when you want. Other than that, you're, you're fighting this high-volume system that no one can get in, no one can get an appointment, you can't get taught to your doctor, you don't get a call back. I mean, it's a disaster out there. So um, why in our area, in the listening area, concierge medicine isn't a much more popular thing? I have no idea. Uh, well, I have some ideas, but we're not talking about them today. It's another topic. But um, I think that's 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 the outcome is um, you you got to go find someone who will, you know, work in this model so that you can get the access that you need. Yeah. Um, up next, we have Scott and Dearborn on the line. Scott, what's your question? Hi, Dr. Collender. <clears throat> you know what? On spot today with as far as... Um, the insurance company doctors and sur- unnecessary surgeries today. Um, my wife passed away stage four cancer. They knew it right away. And uh, two days before I put her in the hospice, they wanted to do another surgery on her for her kidneys. And she already had uh, stents put in there. And my wife looked at me and said, you know what? No more. I'm done. And that's when I knew that was uh you know, it was done. I, I, it just really uh, upsets me. And I, I think I've said it before in your program that um, I think that a lot of this is uh, unnecessary and they just want to make money. Well, again, sorry for your loss and, uh, you know, bringing this to everyone's attention that, you know, you've got to be your own advocate at all times that um, saying no to a surgeon at the right time is, often the right decision. 
and sometimes you do have to have surgery, but you know, when a surgeon comes in and suggests an operation to someone who's basically in hospice, um, that gives all good surgeons a bad name. You know, so there are a lot of great surgeons out there who know to say no and know when to walk away. And um, as someone, you know, who I worked with over the years uh, told me, you know, one of the most important thing about learning to be a surgeon, and again, I'm not a surgeon, but the most important thing is when not to operate. And unfortunately, right. you know, if you're dealing with a doctor who has never learned when not to operate, um, you know, you're potentially in trouble. And so it's it's a tough thing. Uh, but, uh, you know, that's, you know, while we're talking cancer, I'm going to take this opportunity to talk about early I, early disease identification because there are tests available now that you can identify cancer stage one. And it, um, it's a simple, another simple blood test. It's 750, oh, no, sorry, $950. But they, um, can, but they can get financing for this through the company. You get financing and it's a blood test that identifies cancer uh, early. And it's not the probability of cancer like you would have like a, a 23andMe type test, you know, or Ancestry. This is a test that tells you whether you have the cancer today. And so if that test is negative, it's 99.5% that you don't have any of the top most 50 common cancers. It's very reassuring to know you don't have those. And if it's positive, it's 50-50 that it's real. And so I understand that might be a little frightening, but it's always better to diagnose a cancer stage one or two when you can have a surgical you know, cure. You know, and that's when we need a good surgeon to come in and pluck that little cancer out that you found early and cure you instead of waiting for insurance to figure out that you have cancer when it's stage three and four. And basically, you know, you don't have a chance. And we're talking about pancreatic cancer, liver cancer, lung cancer. And what is the other most deadly cancer? Well, the most deadly ones are the ones that we screen for now, which is colon cancer, breast cancer, lung cancer is number one. You know, so of all the 50 cancers, we only screen for like six of them. So there's another 44 cancers that are the ones you are worried about that we don't screen for at all. So to do a simple blood test, um, you know, I'm recommending to do it about once a year. Um, you know, maybe it's every year and a half, but we don't know yet how often you need to do that test. But, but here's Dr. Calder, not to interrupt because we're running out of time right now, but here is a blood test that was developed last year. It's been out for about a year that is available, necessary. One of the most important tests that anybody can get that is worried about whether or not they're at risk for any of these major deadly diseases for which there is no turning back. Pancreatic cancer, is a, is a, that's it. There's no cure for it. Lung disease, lung cancer. The test is ready and available, but none of the doctors out there recommending it. Why are they not recommending it? Because it's not covered by insurance. But I will say once again, as I've always said, it's not patients, just that. It's the patients are consumers. Not marketing it. The, the yeah, the company's not marketing I mean, it. Is I love this test. And I love offering it to my patients, but this company is not putting it out there so that. Other people who are not in my practice can get it. And we're promoting their test on our dime to tell you about it. 
And I mean, this is what I've discussed me about this company as much as I, I love the, their product, that they're not doing what they need to do to get it out to the public domain. In and this so, country, but are they not marketing it in the UK? No, they're not. Uh, they're well, not they're marketing they're it. Doing, they're, doing they're doing research. research the, yeah, that's fine. That's UK. more than what they're doing here. They're doing nothing here. Doing nothing here. And it was don't developed think here, I doing haven't nothing called here. them a lot to find a way to get them to market this thing more, and they don't give a crap. Oh, can I say that? that yeah, you can get. I mean, we oh. might be cut <laughs> so off. So they don't give a crap about it, marketing it to the, the our, point our is, audience. The point is that the technology is here. If America's great for anything, it's great for the advances in technology to be able to diagnose these diseases. And that the unfortunately the consumer has to find out that the technology is there and, and avail themselves of the technology. And once again, no matter where you are in the US, call 866 Colander. Dr. Colander will find you a, a place to get diagnosed. Am I right? You're right. Okay, so let's uh, keep that in mind. 866 Colander, right? That's right. And he will at least tell you no matter what state you're in, where you need to go to get tested. Unfortunately, we're out of time. So I'd quickly like to thank Dr. Brian Colander, MD, specialist in prevention for being here tonight, for being willing to fly in from Detroit earlier to join us in our Miami studios and for, and for being willing to share his expertise and knowledge with regards to not only prevention of disease, but also on the importance of being proactive and engaging with a practice that provides access to the necessary testing. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical, and I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We hope you got some useful information tonight on how to be your own advocate and take charge of your health, whatever your medical journey. Please continue to tune into our shows Sunday afternoon at 3, Thursday evening at 7, for the latest medical updates. And thanks for listening to 760 WJR. Good night and be well.